Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Josh Carr Show. Today, we'll be talking a little bit about Gavin Newsom and how he loves the gay nudists and Xi Jinping, as well as the media bias that's going on with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, some of the craziness that went on at CNN this week. Uh, But not just CNN, frankly, everywhere. And uh, just the reactionary culture that's going on with this. Really quick, before we get to that, I do want to talk about our premium sponsor and first sponsor of this podcast, Gulag America. I am wearing one of their shirts now. You can see right here, Gulag America is a premium apparel brand. I've partnered with them this Christmas season because they make as a fantastic gift for all those conservative aunts, uncles, parents, siblings. They're very affordable. Go check them out at gulagamerica.com. If you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off. The shirt I'm wearing today is just one example. I'll put other examples up on the screen right now so you can see the quality is fantastic. I've washed this shirt over and over again. And I mean, like all of you, the mark of a good shirt is that that collar and the printing stays nice after those washes. And this one certainly has. So definitely suggest them. Again, that's at gulagamerica.com. Getting into the news today, I want to start off with Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is pretty much, I I have to say, I mean, you go through all the Democrat politicians. I would have to say that Gavin Newsom is my least favorite of all of them. And the reason why is because he is literally the snakiest person ever. And that kind of happened in two waves this week. The first is what he said about gay people in Tennessee. And the second is what he said about, and did about Xi Jinping and his uh, visit to California. So if you didn't see, Gavin Newsom tweeted this week. He said, quote, a city in Tennessee has banned being gay in public. This is just the beginning. We have to call it out. Now, just to give a little context, and he was community noted. If you don't know what community notes is, it's essentially, it's kind of like a Wikipedia thing where a panel of people can comment on what you said, and it gets tagged to it if you said something misleading, which, of course, Gavin Newsom did because he always does. The community note said under it, the ordinance didn't ban homosexual homosexuality, it banned indecent exposure. So essentially, Tennessee passed the law saying it just tightened those de- indecent exposure laws. And Gavin Newsom is telling people that Tennessee is now anti-gay and banning your right to be gay in Tennessee. Which the reason why that's so funny is because basically what he's saying is to be gay means to be indecent. Which... I'm not saying that, by the way, like I'm not one of those people that says that, but it points to this culture that does purvey in the LGBTQ movement of indecency and hypersexuality. And Gavin Newsom like perfectly described that that's happening, essentially saying like, you can't fully be gay if you can't walk around in a thong uh, and talk to kids, which obviously is happening in in, uh, California. I almost said China because they're basically the same place at this point. Actually, China is far more conservative than California is. But yeah, it's just stunning. It's like it really was a Freudian slip, I think. And I'm not sure if he's deleted his his post. A lot of people do once they get community noted because it just looks so bad to say something. And then right underneath it, be like, by the way, this tweet was misleading. But um, I think what he said was actually kind of accurate. Like I said, it's a hypersexual movement. And uh, he's probably not very happy that kids can't be sexualized in Tennessee now, just like he's doing in California. Moving on from that, though, in addition to what he said about the gay movement this week, he hosted uh, Xi Jinping. And apparently nothing really came of it. President Biden went out to California as well to meet with Xi Jinping. But the story is not what they talked about. The story is this. He basically, at the same time he was protecting LGBTQ sex workers this week, 
in Tennessee, of course, not in California, because, of course, Gavin Newsom has something to say about Tennessee because he's probably going to run for president. But he was hosting Xi Jinping, and he decided before Xi Jinping came, he wanted to clean up the riffraff. Uh, this was in San Francisco, so riffraff is like their premium product. It's their commodity there. And uh, before his favorite dictator came and visited him, he decided that he wanted to clean up the city and make it look nice, which there's nothing wrong with cleaning your house when visitors come by. I want to be clear about that. Everybody does it. I think a governor should do it too. Um, but it's very funny how unapologetic he was about how he would only ever do it for like a, a you know communist leader coming and visiting him. This was what he tweeted out. He says, I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true because it's true. So he's like completely unapologetic. Like he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, like the fancy leaders, I care about those people. Like the communists, you know, those who are in like high status, I want to be impressing those people. The citizens of San Francisco, I don't give a crap about them. And most people, they point to this and they say, you know, Gavin Newsom is an awful person. He's a snake. Um, he's a bad governor. And I totally agree with that. But to be clear, this is a problem with Californians. And most what and what here's what's happened, right? Californians get awful politicians. I mean, they had Kamala Harris, who was representing them in the Senate. You know, they have Gavin Newsom. They have some awful Congress people as well. But at the end of the day, they don't do anything about it. Like they do have the power to change. And I, and I believe that the elections in California uh, are not what they <laughs> what they could be. But I also I'm not saying that they're necessarily rigged in the way that other conservatives have maybe suggested. And so I think this is actually on the voter in California who's decided that they just want to keep this cycle of pain where they have a governor who fixes the streets just for a couple days when a communist leader from China comes, but then leaves it for, you know, the people that the citizens that they're actually supposed to protect to enjoy uh, and but in a, in a more real sense to actually um, really suffer from. And uh, so essentially what you're seeing is that Californians are not changing their politicians and those who are just fed up with it, they just leave California. And so California is just getting worse and worse and it's unfortunate, but it's going to take a wake up call. One day it's going to get bad enough where people finally vote in someone else and hopefully that person, uh, it's even possible for them to switch uh, to turn the tides on, you know, the homelessness crisis, for instance, that's going, in, going on in San Francisco. But my gut tells me that it's possible, and the reason why is because when push came to shove, Governor Newsom actually did something about it, and he did something about it because he actually cared about the person who was visiting. So as soon as California voters wake up and are willing to vote for someone that cares about the people of California just as much as Governor Newsom cares about Xi Jinping, they'll be in good shape. Uh, that's enough from Governor Newsom. Um, really quick before we move on, I'm going to talk a little bit about Israel-Palestine. Not what's going on there, but what's going on in the United States, which there's some crazy things, including people talking about how awesome Osama bin Laden was. I want to talk about the second sponsor for this podcast, which is, of course, Smart Labels. Now, if you haven't heard of Smart Labels, I want to walk through and, and give my personal stamp of approval for their company and what they do. So first off, Smart Labels is a better way to organize all the things that are in those crazy bins that you put in your garage or your basement. The steps for Smart Labels and how it works is first, you're going to go buy your Smart Labels. They're very affordable. You can find them on Amazon or Walmart.com. After that, you download their free app. You place your Smart Labels, which you've ordered, onto the containers you want. It has a QR code on them, which you scan with the app. 
Once you've scanned that, you can now label effectively everything in that bin. So you're gonna name something for that bin, you can take a picture of what the bin looks like, where you're putting it, all of the items in that container, and now instead of having to go back and look through all of your bins, you can simply just search in your Smart Labels app, Christmas lights. And it's gonna tell you not only what bin it's in, but it's gonna tell you the exact location and show you a picture so you're not confused. And of course you can edit those things at any time. Me and my wife love it. It is such an easier way to organize. It's very affordable as well. So I highly suggest you go check them out. Again, it's called Smart Labels and you can find them at amazon.com or walmart.com as well. Moving on to Israel-Palestine. So reaction culture right now is pretty crazy. The majority of Americans still are pro-Israel, which I'm personally pro-Israel as well, though I do believe that there's some nuance in this subject. However, when you just look at both sides, it's clear that one side has some sketchy things going on and the other side is simply just doing their thing. And of course, the side that has sketchy things going on is the pro-Palestinian side. So basically, if what's going on in American culture today is that if you tell the left you believe something and you happen to be right wing or even moderate, what's going to happen is they're going to tell you just because they're reactionaries that they believe the exact opposite thing. And this happens like every single time. So if you say something super basic, like I think we shouldn't murder babies and I'm not even talking about abortion, I'm talking about outside of the womb. So they've been born the left is going to say, no, the woman should have the right to terminate that baby up to a few days after they're born. That's literally a position on the left. So, and it's not because they actually believe it or it makes any sense or it's rooted in any strong philosophy. It's because they're literally just reacting to what you're saying. That's how politics works right now. And it does work on the right as well in, in some respects. So this week, the latest reaction is that on TikTok, a letter from Osama bin Laden to America called Letter to America is resurfacing. And it essentially is just some of the things that Osama bin Laden says to America and uh, some of the frustrations that he had. And, and let me be the first to say that America has made some big mistakes and created unnecessary wars in the Middle East. I am totally believe a believer in that. I hate the military industrial complex. So let's just get that out of the way. Here's a PSA. So this letter has gone viral on TikTok. And essentially what's happening is that the people on TikTok are talking about how like the really great points that Osama bin Laden made. Uh, just the real, just how smart and virtuous this man was. And here's a PSA, just a PSA for everyone. If you agree with someone who's murdered 3000 Americans, and that's just Americans, by the way, we're not talking about other people that he's murdered, but at the very least, he's murdered 3000 Americans about and would have murdered even more if given the chance. If that's the person that you're on the side of, you're probably not thinking straight. You've probably been caught up in this reactionary cycle. And what's happened on TikTok is that it is going viral where people are talking more and more about how Osama bin Laden made some fantastic points. Likewise, by the way, if in this conversation that's gotten started with Israel again because of what happened on, I think it was October 7th, if you side with Hamas, a group that's killed 1,500 Israelis and would have killed much more, by the way, they would have killed all of them if they could have. If you're on the side of Hamas, you're on the wrong side. Um, now, here's the deal. If you, I'm sympathetic to some of Pal Palestinians and I'm sad for those who have died in collateral uh, damage between um, in, in the crossfire between Israel and Palestine. I am sad about that. I don't want more of them to die. 
By the way, I don't even approve of the United States sending aid to Israel. So before people freaking go off on me being like a crazy, you know, Jewish conspiracy, you know, I don't want to hear Jewish conspiracy crap because that's just not me. Um, but if you're a fan of those Hamas terrorists that killed 1,500 Israelis and would have killed all of them if they could have, you're on the wrong side. There's an active group in the United States, however, mostly leftists, that does support Hamas outright. And by the way, and this is the distinction to make, most of these pro-Palestine protesters are not just pro-Palestine. They are pro-Hamas. By the way, a lot of the people in Palestine are not just simply Palestinians that are getting caught in the crossfire. A majority of them voted Hamas into their government. So let's stop talking about how it's like, this 1% of Palestine that's Hamas and they're really evil and no one else thinks like that. No, no, no. This is a massive group of both Palestine, Palestinians in the Gaza Strip and also in the United States. It's the same thing as when people are like, oh, but, but Muslims aren't radical. Go poll Muslims on what they believe. Like two thirds of Muslims are considered radical Muslims. Okay, so... Call it what it is. They There's a big group of people in the Gaza Strip that believe that Israel is a scourge and that they should all be murdered. What happened this week, man, I gotta, I just gotta say, democracy is at stake, guys. Democracy is, it is so, it's so, we're in so much danger. It's so bad. I don't know if you heard, but pro-Palestinians have invaded the U.S. Capitol invaded it. They attempted an insurrection and it could have resulted in a coup on our country. Not only that, but they also invaded the DNC, Democratic National Convention. Now, the news about the Capitol, I'm I'm speaking in jest by the way. There was no just like January 6th, there was it was just a couple people doing dumb stuff. Pro-Palestinians uh went to the Capitol a little while ago, so I'm not going to speak to that. But this week Pro-Palestinians went to the DNC and had a violent protest, which, of course, by media outlets was called mostly peaceful, as they do. But if you didn't hear about this, this is what happened. So, basically, so yeah, the Capitol was a couple weeks ago, but they stormed the DNC during meetings, by the way. So, this wasn't like no one was there. They were holding meetings there with many representatives, like congresspeople, as well as the minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Um, and they were actively trying to get to these people and were a little unclear right now on what their motivations were, if they were literally trying to hurt these Congress people, or if they were simply just trying to scream at them. That's, I think that's probably more likely. Um, but these are two things that were posted on X. This is according to NBC that I wanted to read just to give you a little bit of context of what happened. So this is from representative Brad Sherman from California. He said, that he was evacuated from the DNC, quote, after pro-terrorist anti-Israel protesters grew violent, pepper spraying police officers and attempting to break into the building. Much more, by the way, than any January 6th person did. Representative Sean Caston from Illinois posted on X and said he was, quote, rescued from the DNC building it by, building, excuse me, by, quote, armed officers who did not know the protesters' intent. They knew only that the members of Congress were inside, could not leave, and that protesters would not let police through. So obviously these two people were fearing for their life a little bit. Uh, the protesters were far more angry and more violent than what we've seen maybe since the BLM riots. And so throughout the protest, by the way, you could literally hear people saying death to Israel, death to Jews. I dare you 
to find a single video of pro-Israel protests where people are saying death to Palestine or death to Palestinians. Far more unlikely. Death to Hamas, sure. Sure. Death to Palestine, Palestinians, I guarantee it is so far and few between. You cannot go to a pro-Palestinian protest and not hear death to Israel or death to Jews. So, I mean, much worse than January 6th protesters. It's total hypocrisy. But but this is what the real hypocrisy is. It's how the media responded. And the person who was the biggest culprit of this was CNN. And you have to hear about this article that they posted. It's insane. Really quick before we get to that, I want to talk about the last sponsor of this podcast. For No Shave November, I am partnered with Two Beards Trading Post. Two Beards. Again, you can get their stuff at twobeards.club. Two Beards. I have actually a thing right here. It has a little bit of a a naughty thing on it. So don't let your kids see it. But um, I've got some beard oil right here. It is super high quality stuff. They have everything for your beard, but also for your body for both men and women. All of the stuff that they make is all natural. That's why I partnered with them. They make all their things in very small doses just to ensure that all of it is the same uh, quality. It has the same ratio of oils uh, that they use. Again, they have deodorant soaps for those of you who don't have beards like myself. I have a little scruff. Um, sometimes though, it does get itchy, a little bit of oil, a little bit of a beard butter, even if I don't have a full on beard is really nice on the face. All their product is very affordable. Go check them out again at twobeards.club. All right. Talking about how CNN made the most biased article of all times. I'm just going to, well, just without further ado, we're just going to get straight to the article. This is what it says. Take, take this in as I read it. You ready for this? It says here, here we go. Quote, this is the headline. Arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. Okay, hold up. So there was an arrest made. We got that part. First off, this sentence is poorly written. Cannot believe that CNN released this. But, like, you have to, like, seriously dissect it to understand what's even going on. So, arrest made. Okay, someone was arrested. Who was it? In death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. Okay, so it doesn't tell us who was arrested. It says there's a death of a Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. So... I'm confused. You arrested the person who died? You arrested the sidewalk where that he hit his head on? No. Here's what happened. A Jewish man was killed by a pro-Palestinian protester at a rally, and this is how they headlined it. Instead, the headline should have been essentially, pro-Palestinian protester kills Jewish protester and an arrest was made. Something like that. You know, arrest made on pro-Palestinian who killed Jewish protester. Instead, they purposefully decided to omit the detail where a pro-Palestinian man killed a Jewish man in cold blood in Washington, D.C. How, how do these people, like how do they look you in the eye and say, we're the good guys? We No, we're not biased. We, we tell the truth. We are the protectors of the peace. Democracy dies in darkness. That's what they say over and over again. How do they look at you in your eye, basically saying to you, you're an idiot because I'm just going to make these headlines that don't tell you anything. It's, a, it's the same thing as what happened actually here in my home state in Utah, where there was a target. You'll remember that there was the LGBTQ movement, that they had uh, these pride displays in Utah and throughout all the, the, in the United States. And people started calling for it to be taken down. There was a boycott. So Target took it down. And in response, a pro-LGBTQ group had a bomb threat in northern Utah. They bomb threaded a Target. And what were the headlines? Bomb threat made at Target because of Pride section. 
And what did everyone think? Oh, conservatives are putting bomb threats down on this target. When in reality, it was pro-LGBTQ movement groups and the headlines and, and the media outlets knew this and purposefully made it this way because they know no one actually reads their articles. They just read the headlines. Imagine, too, if the story was the other way around with this. Imagine if a Jew had killed a pro-Palestinian. Do you think they would have omitted that information? It never would have happened. The media is shameless. They think you're stupid. Um, it would literally be January 6th all over again if a Jewish man or even just a pro-Israel protester killed a pro-Palestinian or an Arab. Crazy stuff going on with the media. That's what I have for you guys today. Thank you, as always, for watching this video. If you got a little bit of entertainment or value out of it, please go down below, subscribe, as well as comment what you thought about the video, uh, what I can do better, as well as some of your hot takes if you disagree with what I said. Thanks, guys.